future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at UBNRadio.com. Thank you for being life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death i'd like to propose a toast this is on the rocks with alexander coming at you from sunset gower studios in the heart of hollywood where i drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion entertainment pop culture reality tv and and that's about it so pop a court Pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, lady gentlemen, and some gentlemanly ladies, I am so sorry. I need to re record that intro. It sounds like I'm on crack and I'm shouting at somebody. As opposed to... <laughs> As opposed to, 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 to right now. Already, this diva, we have a special guest co-host, and a diva from New York has already been a New Yorker. Calm down, Ben Rimmelauer. It's just so loud. It's so loud? It's coming from you? I Your Facebook I shouts when you post something, wow. right? Don't turn me down, Kurt. He turned me down. Hello, I'm the host of the show. Little known fact. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. See, straight people can't... Come on, Kurt, pull it together. Do you have, do you have a pun for us today? You're so punny. What What's your pun? Hurry up. We got a long show. Well, I, I had a Star Trek pun, but I don't know if you still want that or not. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, what is, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what did Spock find in Captain Kirk's uh, toilet? What did Spock find in... <laughs> this is a classy show, Kurt. What did Spock find in, in Captain Kirk's laboratory? Yeah. <laughs> the, the captain's log. No. Uh, no, no, no. I no, no. For no, sure no. I thought it was going to be a Klingon. I was like, <laughs> I was like no question. This That's is even a- better. I, so he actually, sh- I was like, what a lame joke. And then it was a different, lame, lamer joke. Well, so that's awesome. Welcome to our show. So I am so excited. Um, as, 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 as some people know, some of my listeners, I am the biggest Trekkie in the whole world. I went to Catholic school and I got called to the principal's office because I would wear all the pins. We're not just talking about the insignia. I would have Vulcan Starfleet Academy. I'd have like medical. I'd have like, like just like literally Did bedazzled. they think it was satanic? Is that what the problem was? I looked like I had a QVC show, right? Because it, like, <laughs> it was like jingle, 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 jingle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, jingle, jingle. And they said, well, it's not part of the uniform. So they called me down. And my mom, when my mom has to come to the office, uh-uh, it's like, bump, 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 bump. Wow. So then my mom had the handbook, the student handbook, right? Get out. <laughs> we have a guest co-host here who can't handle my, my Latino-ness. Anyway, so my mom goes in the principal's office. Just take the headphones off. Just kill yourself. Run in the street, kill yourself. Anyway, oh my God, he, he's literally running in the street, kill himself. So my mom said the handbook doesn't say anything about accessories, and it was titled as a sexery. So guess what? Accessories. yeah, because I was like, sexy. Wow. So the next day, jingle, jingle, jingle. So, of course, I got beaten up for being such a nerd, but still. I love Star Trek. Uh, I have all uniforms, toys, novels, whatever. We have sci-fi legend Walter Koenig, um, Chekhov, from the original cast of Star Trek, from the series, the movies, um, and he's done some spin-off stuff, so we're going to talk to him. So excited. And then, if that wasn't enough, there's nothing more than I love than Mean Girls and Cake. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Give me that cake. We have Jonathan Bennett, Hottie Patati. What I hate about these food shows is they put these like gorgeous, skinny, sexy mm-hmm. people, and they're like judging <laughs> cakes and cookies. It's like, bitch, back it up. Come on. I don't judge. No. 
but you have to sample. I just make jokes. What? Do you sample? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, so we have Jonathan Bennett, uh, star of Mean Girls. He was on Dancing with the Stars. Um, he's in a new movie. It's a horror film about a limo, which could be yeah. any Hollywood story. Exactly. Submerged. Horror. Horror. Well, yeah. Um, so we have so much to talk about. I'm so excited. We have Ben Rimmelauer, uh visiting from New York City. He's our New York correspondent. Has happens to be here. Uh, correspondent for Playbill. Not to, you can talk now just because you don't have the headphones. Equal what do you want? <laughs> I want you to talk about your job. Yes, Playbill. Playbill. Not a critic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fluff. You, fluffer. I'm a fluffer. fluffer. Awesome. A New York fluffer. Um, and we have Tony Tripoli, uh, a lead writer and uh, producer over at Fashion Police. Um, and I had the ap- absolute pleasure of yeah. going. Supervising producer, by the way. Oh, excuse me. Supervising. Thank you very much. Just because you walked around with a clipboard doesn't mean yeah. anything. Okay. I'm, I'm the show's lesbian. <laughs> well, you certainly dress like a lesbian. I've never seen clothes so tight. I was like, the whole world was your gynecologist. I, I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> yeah. You, But you made me wake up at 7, well, actually 6.15, to yeah. get there at the 7 o'clock taping mm-hmm. for Fashion Police, which showed last night. It did. So here's what happened. All you Fashion Police people had to watch the red carpet for we the American Music Awards. We were there at 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, and... I hadn't been home when I saw you at, at 7 o'clock the next morning. I went home and went to bed at like 3 in the afternoon Monday. Because you guys go have to you have to write all the jokes. Yeah. Margaret Cho was, was a guest. Amber yeah. Rose was a guest. And then so we filmed the show, which I got to see. And it's so funny how the set looks so different on TV. It's a very small set. It's a small set. It, it looked like the Golden Girls living room, right? Everything looks bigger when you put Juliana Rancic in it. Okay. Yeah. She's so teensy. She's the teensiest yeah. little... I have one thing to say, Tony. Please feed her a cracker, no, she a pretzel re- stick. Honestly, she really, really, really is one of those like naturally thin people. She, I've seen her eat. I've eaten with her. I've eaten with her and stayed with her to know that she, she kept you it down. I'm like, don't even go there. Okay. I've seen her eat big old like greasy oatmeal and bacon. Okay, oatmeal is oatmeal? not bad. No, but like, like, with like you know when you put like cream and chunks of like syrup and like make it sweet and not healthy anymore. I've seen her do that. No, when you say oatmeal, I like shut off. Like physically, oh, I shut God. off. No, not right, even bacon. if I was like in like a Puritan colony yeah. when I eat their oatmeal. No. Yeah. So maybe she should be a uh, uh, judge of Cake Wars uh, <laughs> Easter cakes. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. name a holiday and put a war after it. We'll shoot it. <laughs> yeah. That's hot. Um. So thank you so much for in- inviting me. It was so fun to see greats like Margaret Cho with. Her with her one-liners, and it's so funny to see how many jokes. Great are... comedians like Margaret Cho and Amber Rose. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no, she, but it turns out Amber is really funny. She's a great guest. She was really good. Yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, and then she had her glasses on the whole time. And the funniest thing Margaret Cho said was like, "I think you're very brave coming out uh, as a blind person." <laughs> and and yeah. Uh, I can't believe how fast you guys edit that show because it was ready for the East Coast feed uh, that yes. same day. Yeah, the East Coast feed has uh, has to. They have to send it to quality control at like two thirty in the afternoon so that it can air. You know, five o'clock our time. Uh, you know, for for the East Coast. And so as they were shooting the the first segment. Literally, like in the movie Working Girl, when they're running through the hallways trying to with the DVDs, like with the yeah. tapes, with the, the VHS tapes, they run to an edit bay and start editing the first block of the show while we're taping the second block of the show. Like that's how quick the turnaround is. That's it, crazy, it's insane. Yeah, that's entertainment. Um, I have to send a, a big shout out to uh, the Gay and Lesbian Center out in uh, Las Vegas that I went to visit to. Do you remember the sassy kid from TV who was behind the newscaster and being all sassy dancing? I do, I do. Okay, well, we're going to watch a really She's quick, all grown up now. Not that grown up. Kurt, can, <laughs> can, can we play our first clip? Of course. If you haven't seen this kid, this is just a sample of what made him famous.
oh, we're back. Anyway, so that kid, that's all he did behind the newscaster. He was like sassy, sassy, yeah. sassy. So he was at the gala. Kurt, can you play the picture? No joke. This is literally how he posed at me. Oh, asking a straight man to find. There you go. He is throwing me shade. Look at that. Look at the look that he's giving me. No. Ah. Sorry, we have another comedian here. <laughs> Walter is, 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 is causing a ruckus here. <laughs> anyway, but look at the shade. Uh, Brendan Jordan in Las Vegas, and of course, uh, there's Brendan's new best friend, Scotty Turner Schofield, activist yeah. and actor, both giving me shade. Do you know why? Gorgeous fancy suit. I forgot my dress shoes in California. I wear Converse. They thought I was probably transitioning. Anyway. <laughs> well, you were at Trans Pride, so that would be the place to do it. Well, that, it was an interesting uh, experience, but God bless everybody out there. Um, so, uh, actually, we have a picture of uh, Fashion Police, too. Um, great cast. It was, yeah, it was uh, Brad Goreski, Margaret Cho, who threw her wig off during the she show. Did. Yes. Um, she shocked America. Yeah, and Amber Rose. And Amber Rose wouldn't talk about the Kardashians at all. Well, she, uh, yeah. I mean, of course she can't. She's been, you know, she's famous for other stuff and she was super polite about it. Not at all a diva, not, a, you know, a couple of people put online like, oh, that was shade. It was, no, it was not shade. It was just like, basically she doesn't, you know, th things have to die out when there are celebrity feuds and then people make up. It'll never, ever go away unless you just kind of like don't give it any more oxygen. So she was a total pro about it. It was so funny to see you in action because when you come here, you're like at a bar mitzvah in Hawaii. You're like, whatever. And there you're like, Fussy, fussy, fussy. It yeah, is intense. No, it's intense. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am the lesbian. I'm the lesbian on the staff. And I'm getting shit done. I have a clipboard. I'm very t uh, terse with everyone. Terse? That was a good word for you. Yes. Was that on the calendar for today? Yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's always it's so weird. I mean, here I was for five years where I would lean in and say to Joan, do that joke again, you can do better. Like I'm like, who am I to tell Joan to do but like literally you'd see we'd go over to Margaret and be like, Would you do that again? And you can make it funnier at the end, like give us like, you know, it's but you know, people need, everyone needs a little sounding board and, and I love them. And here I am staying up all night writing jokes for Margaret to say right. about how I would never wear that because of my big fat upper arms and my, you know, my, what I've got in my pants, my hooters were in and my this and my Super. that, you know, you're writing all of these really dirty jokes for, for these women that you love and admire. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird job, but. Can I talk about the gift that you got from Melissa Rivers or is that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Cause it's kind of like Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Like what did you receive from Melissa Rivers? Uh, a a Ziploc, a Ziploc sandwich bag of Jones ashes. Wow. Which I knew was coming, but. Was but, it like uh, in her? <laughs> yeah. And it was like Watch a little. Watch out. It was like a little Watch drug you've had bugs in your ear and this is going to get you going. <laughs> she, yeah. She was like, she goes, Tony, I've got the stuff. That's what I literally, she goes, the, and the night before she was like, don't forget, text me in the middle of the night. So I have your text when I wake up in the morning. And I was like, okay. Like, it was very like. Clandestine. I don't know who we're hiding it from. Like you have to and then, meet in an alley so in a dark she, car. So then she the dressing room. She goes, "Oh, come, come here, come here. I've got the stuff." She called it the stuff, and then she gives me this little Ziploc bag, and it just at the very bottom is this little, you know, a little bit of it's ash, and there's a little bit, you know, it's wonderful, but. There so yeah, diamonds in it. So you would expect it to just be like glitter. Plastic. Just, just, was any, yeah. I was gonna and say, were there any plastic parts? Just a little nose and just oh, some glitter. Um, yeah. So does the will say like ten percent here, twenty percent there? No, I'm the only. The only. There were. Joan had a, a, a box with some ashes in it from you know, Vincent Price was dear friend and and uh, Roddy McDowell is Melissa's mm -hmm. godfather. Uh, and so she has little bits of their ashes and some of Joan's were are to be put in there and mixed all together so that this like seven or eight people will always you know be sort of together and uh and i had asked you know i said i would love to have some joan when i bought my house sent me a gardenia which was her her plant she loved gardenias and she 
said everyone should have a gardenia by their bedroom outside. I love gardenia. Because the scent comes in and it, and she, it puts everyone in the mood for sex, she believed. And so I have a gardenia plant that she gave me by my bedroom. So I'm going to sprinkle some of the ashes on that and it'll always be... Joan can watch me have gay sex now, right. which will be so much if fun it ever for happens. her. But Very Audrey too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Feed me Seymour. Um, so I would want to do that, but I would want to know exactly what body parts were going to which friend, because I would like a lot of people to kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ben, you're visiting from New York. Yeah. Um, you write for Playbill. You get to go see every amazing show. You get to hobnob, hobnob with Betty Buckley, Patty Lapone. Yeah. Like, and you started by just making a ridiculous show called Patty Issues about your relationship with Patty Lapone. Right. And your life. Yeah. And it's gone like viral, sold out everywhere. And now you get to hang out with Miss Lapone. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> What's hot in New York right now? We already talked about Hamilton. Hamilton's still hot. There's no. There's no top. That's crazy. Hamilton. Um. What else? Mamma Mia is is next from Mama, Broadway. Mamma Mia is canceled. Which canceled. Is, let's not act like Mamma Mia ever counted. All it right? was a terrible a, show. Was Who went to see it? Although yeah. I did go to Vegas. A lot it was of people. Free. It ran for like twenty. No, years. made it. Kept, look, got a lot of people of insurance. Yeah, so I'm glad exactly. for that. It's all the people from the Midwest, right? They're like, let's go see a Broadway show, and they're like, yeah. Phantom, Mamma Mia. Okay, right. but but I mean, you can't watch Mamma Mia and not be happy though. Oh God, yeah. I can. It really it's totally. Awesome. I sat there Jonathan. with my arms no, folded, amazing. like, oh, can we have a? Rehearsal? I love it. I'm I would watch it every day. It's so fun. You go like you're not going there to get your like change your life. You're going there to watch them like dance around and sing Dancing Queen. It's great. Get some popcorn and. A drink, you're good. Absolutely. Turn That's Jonathan's mic off, please. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I felt that way about Priscilla. Mm. Priscilla Queen of the Desert, not a good show. Yeah. But it was just so charming mm-hmm. in it how bad it was that I was like, I'm in this a hundred percent. Well, if you say you hated Priscilla, Elton John would send his people over and shoot you in the head. So that's yeah. like you really can't can't say that. Um, what? Who's an upcoming Broadway star that we should keep our eye on? Well, I, I don't know if you guys have heard of Kate Baldwin. She was in the revival yeah. of Indian's Rainbow a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I think I remember Joan liked her red carpet. Well, Joan the opening. She went proved, to everything. She, she went to every to show. Baldwin. She wasn't like a Broadway slob. Yeah, and like an old vintage Brooklyn. Yeah, she's the shit. You right. Know? She was put to. Can I say that? Um, but uh, she's in this musical. Oh God, I can't remember what it's called. But it's great a, play. Playbill Songbird. Songbird. It's a it's a country western adaptation of The Seagull off Broadway. No, not interested. It's, a, it's fantastic. People are flipping with Reba out over it. No, it's with Kate Baldwin, and they're saying it's going to move to Broadway. Mm. Yeehaw. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> That's Broadway. Um, Walter, you missed you missed me telling the whole nation my ridiculous obsession with the original crew of Star Trek, um, Babylon Five. Uh, your early acting. You're 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 an author. It is such an honor to have you here. Like I am speechless of all the people I've interviewed. Like everybody in this room will tell you. Like I am speechless that you are here talking to me and just me. <laughs> can't believe you're speechless. He's no. <laughs> <laughs> a wise guy. He's a wise guy. Um, I, I, there's so much to talk about uh, from the early days. Um, let's just get right to it. You've worked with Mark Leonard, Timothy Dalton, Lynn Redgrave. Yeah. Um, working with, <laughs> with, with legends like that, I mean, you've worked in so many different pockets of, of legends. And of course, sci-fi legend just, just kind of adds to that. When did you get the call to come audition for Star Trek? Well, um, I had played the part of I'll try to make this brief. God knows I'm really tired of hearing me say the, the story. <laughs> uh, I, I had worked as a, in, in, a, in a guest starring role on a series called Mr. Novak as a Russian student, a defecting Russian student. And the casting director, three years later, 
on Star Trek was the same gentleman who cast me, who brought me in on Mr. Novak. And I had done a lead role, guest role, on the episode of The Lieutenant, which Gene Roddenberry created right. and produced. And I had done a guest starring role on a television episode of the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, which Joe Pevney was one of the was my director and was one of the alternating two alternating directors on that second season of Star Trek when I came aboard. So when I came in to read, it was pretty much a fait accompli. You would think uh, uh, they asked me to read lines that were very grim and very and very stress filled, uh, almost defiant. And when I finished with what I thought was a superb uh, audition, they told me. Could I make it funny? <laughs> so I had to abandon all of my training and all of my uh, and all of um, my discipline and principle about what an actor is supposed to do, and I just camped it up like crazy. And they and they that's it. That's what we're looking for. Except they didn't tell me that I had the part. They told me to wait outside. So I waited and I waited and I waited, and two hours went by. Literally two hours went by. The the sun had started to set. Nobody was there. Gentlemen, screw the dog. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then somebody came in and said, Walter Kionying? I said, yeah. <laughs> he says, come with me. So we went over to wardrobe, and, this, and you'll all be interested in hearing this. He dropped to his <laughs> knees in front of me. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Gay <Yeah>. press Star Trek. <laughs> so awesome. Put his hand... On my on my crotch, and I said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he says, "Well, we have to measure you for a costume, don't we?" <laughs> and he had a tape measure, and he measured me from crotch to cuff, and that's how I found out I was on Star Trek. Oh wow! Yeah, no, nobody that's had. So cool. in, yeah, nobody had told me. So it was a very inauspicious beginning. There was something that actually changed my life. I mean, totally changed my life. I'm quite sure that I wouldn't be an actor today had it not been for my being cast in the original Star Trek. Well, and you were so funny. I mean, uh, when things were getting serious, you would always say everything was from Russia, from from poetry to everything. There's a funny YouTube clip, and they put all your pieces together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Um, and you were brought in to kind of sex up the uh, the cast in the younger demographic. You were like the Davy Jones of, of, of the Star Trek. And also here tonight. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> you are sexing yeah. it up. So. Yeah. <laughs> Stop that! Will you please? <laughs> uh, well, I was I was there to appeal to the younger generation. We're talking about eight to twelve year olds. You know, most of my fan mail came on line paper and pencil. You know, and I was groovy, and uh. and they loved my hair. <laughs> and that's been a while. So we we know, you know, a half century has indeed gone by since. Uh, I made my debut on Star Trek. That's just amazing. And because of all the fan letters, you, you became a regular on the show. Yeah. Um, so is this Star Trek lore that you had to share George Takei's uh, dressing room at first? Because he was away on, on a job and he came back and he was like, oh, there's a man in my dressing room, which could be another joke, but we won't go there. No, what he said was, oh, <laughs> oh my. there's a man oh my. in my dressing room. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, George is a very disciplined person. He comes from a culture that I think where one is conditioned to have a certain sense of discipline. He never, never gave me an inkling of his feelings that, that he was, that he was upset about the fact that I was there. I truly didn't, and I was just in awe of, of being, uh, you know, uh, on a series where I had to come in every day, you know. I mean, 
regular work was an amazing experience for me. And uh, George was really quite the gentleman. Um, I didn't know that he harbored these feelings. And I, I now understand a lot in retrospect uh, on things that I was not quite, uh, I, was a, I was a bit confused about at the time. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was our dressing room. I didn't think of it as George's dressing room. I thought of it as our dressing room. And that went on for a while, and then we each got our own space. Well, because you got the, the 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 fan mail. Oh, and just a, a, a little known fact: you actually were in his wedding party. You were his best man, correct? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's an awesome friendship that is. No, no, no! Don't oh. do, don't go there because that's not what it was. Oh, okay. It wasn't an awesome friendship. It was. I, I did it for. I did it for two reasons. One, we were friends, not not intense friends, not friends that saw each other on the weekend. But friends, and I really thought he wanted me there as his best man because he had some, you know, some profound respect for for me. And, and in fact, what it really was was about promoting uh, the homosexual marriage, uh, which was great. I was all for it. And uh, there was a lot of journalists there, a lot of newspaper people who wrote about it. And I think my presence and, and uh, Nichelle Nichols' presence brought publicity brought promotion to the event so it wasn't really that much out of friendship as it was out of helping a cause that's well that's very profound um you can be best man at my uh, at my wedding and i promise not to have any paparazzi there yeah. <laughs> i'll show you there'll be no paparazzi there. i would love to know though what is that experience like of you know being a working actor and all this that you get on this show that you know at first is not a phenomenon you know and then suddenly it becomes you know, it's off. Like, how many episodes in are you where you start to go, oh shit, this could, this is going to change the trajectory of my entire life? I never had that feeling. I, never <laughs> ever working on it, did you think not, this is. Not during the television series. Right. I, 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 I come from a, a very uh, cynical, um, pessimistic base. Yeah. Uh, I think Hollywood. I, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm Henny Penny, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and. Uh, I, you know, I had heard stories about the how vociferous the audience had been after the during the first season, and and how um, militant and passionate. And uh, I got on this show, and I saw uh, the styrofoam rocks, you know, and yeah. and uh, when you when you're that when you're that close to the action, you don't see the forest for the trees. Sure. You know? And I just saw actors working, and I was very pleased to be one of them. Uh, th- we were all congenial. Uh, uh, we, we got along okay. Uh, there wasn't any blood brothers, uh, mm. but, but we, we got along, and I thought, well, this is this will go as long as it goes, and it'll probably not go very long, because the Nielsen's kept telling us that we were, you know, the third-rated right, show right. every week. There's a, a on three channels. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, there's a there's a wonderful series of books. Uh, I have no investment in this other than my enthusiasm. They're called These Are the Voyages, and the, and they're three volumes about the making of Star Trek, Star, uh, season one, season two, and season three. Each book is a, is a, is a, is a volume regard, and all, everything that went on be, 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 uh, behind the scenes, and all the um, uh, messages that went between the producers and the writers and the, uh, and some of the cast, and it's, it's so enlightening and so extraordinary 
it's an extraordinary document of how a television show gets made. And, and particularly one that has achieved such extraordinary success over the course of five decades. Uh, and the, the banal uh, things that occurred, uh, as well as inspirational things, and you get the, you get a, you you truly get a sense of what it is to work on television and work behind the scenes and 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 how a success is is, is accomplished. That's that's awesome. I mean, hearing you speak and hearing you talk about the legacy and, and your part in it is, is so huge. Star Trek Two is considered one of the best Trek films, even with the reboot, even with the Next Generation films. And you had the great opportunity. You were you were in almost uh, you were in scenes with with all the big players: uh, Ricardo Montalban, um, Paul Winfield. Um, in fact, William Shatner never filmed any scenes with Ricardo Montalban. Probably there wasn't enough. <laughs> ego space in the room, but you had some really powerful acting scenes in it, and that movie, I think, was so pivotal uh, for the change in getting a new generation of, of watchers and making these films really meaty. Um, do you have any any thoughts on that? Well, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's my second uh, best film, you know, as far as I was concerned. Uh, I loved working with Ricardo Montalban. He yes. was a d- delightful gentleman, charming, uh, continental, you know, he kissed all the ladies' hands. He was just wonderful. Um, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I had a script that I had written that I thought he would be really great for. It was about an indigenous American who comes off the reservation looking for this, his, his, the body of his son. And... Um, and you know he he he's he's not not a man of means, and he he's, he's in Chicago and he's hunting down the body of his son, and and he read it and he said, Walter, this is wonderful. This is such a wonderful story, but do we have to have him in old clothes? <laughs> <laughs> he was a definite gentleman. I had the opportunity to meet meet his family. Um, so, what was your favorite film then? If if if, if that was your second. Well, uh, Star Trek Four. Yes. Yeah, that was that was great fun. Uh, I, I we we shot on the streets of San Francisco. I wore a uh, a leather outfit and got many whistles uh, from, <laughs> <laughs> from from both from both yeah. from both contingencies. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was a joy. It was just joy. I felt that I was pivotal to the action. I thought I was not simply there to uh, to promote the story but to actually be involved in the story to you know to have a, a role that was significant to what happened i even had theme music you know there was Chekhov's Chekhov theme. theme i have the soundtrack in fact kurt we have a little clip my favorite scene with you um is 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 that scene in fact my mom my mom is a huge trekkie we would recite this scene this particular scene let's just take a clip because it's it, a, a watch it's so funny from star trek 4 commander pavel Chekhov. Starfleet, United Federation of Planets. All right, Commander. Is there anything you want to tell us? Like what? Like who you really are and what you're doing here and what these these things here are. I am Pavel Chekhov, a commander in Starfleet, United Federation of Planets, service number 656-5827D. All right. Let's take it from the top the top of what? Name. My name? No, my name. I do not know your name. You play games with me, mister, and you're through. I am? May I go now? 
thing. He's a Rusky. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Of course, he's a Rusky, but he's a retard or something. We better call Washington. Don't move. Okay, make nice. Give us the ray gun. I warn you, if you don't lie on the floor, I will have to stun you. Go ahead. Stun me. I'm very sorry, but... <laughs> Must be the radiation. And th th that's uh, th that's Chekhov's theme. And then you run, and then you get injured, and then they all come find you in the hospital. And that's that's a very cute scene when, when you're coming to. Um, this movie is so funny because it's like everybody got to relax a little bit, enjoy Star Trek, but enjoy the own characters. Um, you know, everybody wants you to recite nuclear vessels. I'm not going to make you do it, but I mean, these this movie you know had a lot of uh, uh, catchphrases. We had a uh, a question from the chat room: Is there a prop or a piece of set that you wish you had taken from your years of film? I well, I thought Bill's. Uh, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't have to say it. Well, no, for for. Our I listeners. thought Bill's hairpiece was really great. <laughs> what I love about you, Walter, is I mean, like just balls. So uh, uh, Shatner had that show, uh, Raw Nerve or Nerve, yeah. or the Runner, and so <laughs> Walter appears on the show without his toupee. Because for years they had made you wear the hairpiece, and it was like your move, Shatner. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I do know somebody that worked on Star Trek Five, and they would keep a, th a few different versions of his uh, hairpiece, William Shatner's hairpiece, in certain baggies for whatever scenes. So everybody knows. Come on, mm. come on, Shatner, get it together. What? But okay. So, but then in your real life, now Star Trek is a huge what? phenomenon. That was in my real life. Your real life. <laughs> you're, you know, you're a husband. You're a parent. You're now a grandparent. What's like the, there have to be crazy fans th like you're just living your life out with your family, and but as a as a Star Trek fan, it's my one time running into a real cast member. I mean, do these fans? What is that obsession? What is that energy like to have that come at you when you're not expecting it? I loved it. I loved it. I'm an actor. I you yeah. know I, en I enjoy the approbation. I enjoy the enthusiasm, the support. I mean, that's part of what it's all about. Uh, sure, I've always, uh, you know, felt that I had something to contribute in that area. Uh, I certainly felt intuitively that I, 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 could, I could perform well. I, I never thought I would pursue it. I never thought that's what would be my, my, my life's career would be uh, as an actor. But uh, I, I did have an experience when I was sitting with a, with a bunch of... I guess you guys will know this. You're not that young, are you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I'm, I, there's references that I used to be able to tell, you know, jokes tw 25 years ago. People would laugh, and now they don't know what I'm talking about, you know. Uh, but I, uh, I was out with a, with a bunch of actors. We were eating dinner. We were eating dinner at a, a restaurant in the, in the valley called Maria's, and uh, some young girl came up to me, and she was gushing and bubbly and, and said, Oh, my God, are you who I think you are? And I said, Well, I, I guess so. And I saw that my, all my friends were you know, suddenly the spaghetti was being not wound around a fork, but it was being speared. You know, they, were, <laughs> they, they, were, they were a little upset with all the attention. They, weren't, they were at liberty at, the, at that juncture, and I wasn't. 
and she says, "Oh, would you solve? Would you would you uh, settle a bet I have with my girlfriend who's sitting over there?" And I said, oh, "Okay." She said, would you, "Would you come over and tell them who you are?" And I said, "Well." I looked at everybody and saw that they were properly chagrined and disappointed <laughs> and bitter. And I said, good. And I started to rise up. And she says, oh, and could you please sing Hey, Hey, We're the Monkeys? Oh, oh no! no! <laughs> wow. Oh, Brilliant. no. But then oh, what? Gosh. So then what did you do? <laughs> so I sat back down and told her to go. The best. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> that is so awesome. Uh, Walter, we did have a, a comment from the chat room saying that, you know, uh, Star Trek w- and your role in it was such an inspiration for people to go into NASA and also support the, the space program. And look where we are now. We're dancing on, on other planets. Um, I want to talk about your latest project, and it's kind of bittersweet. Um, you are in a spin off franchise um, called Renegades. Right. Uh, you, you did the pilot, and there's episodes two and three that you're uh, currently in a Kickstarter campaign for. Absolutely. To finish. And rumor has it, not not such a rumor, these are Chekhov's final moments. They are indeed. They are indeed. I, you know, uh, I think only uh, Edmund Booth played one character for longer than I played Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was either Hamlet or, or Macbeth, but he, he played it for 40 years or something. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's you know... I, 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 I thoroughly believe in the future. I don't believe in... in, in I mean, I, this, the past can be melancholy and, and nostalgic and being, make you feel warm and cuddly at times, but really, we, we must move forward. We move forward not only into the future of space, but move forward in our lives. And it's time to, to I think, to give up Chekhov, if we can do it in an interesting way. And I explained that to Sky, uh, uh, who was the uh, producer... Sky Conway, and I said, it's got to be a better death than Captain Kirk. Oh, yes. He's like, it was fun. Boom. Yeah. It's it was like, ter- really? That was terrible. I mean, yeah. I, His toupee I, wasn't even acting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, uh, Bill and I have a nodding uh, relationship, and that's fine. But I was furious. I was furious that they treated that character with so little honor I and mean, so little uh, respect. It should have been. It should have been a, a, a memorable demise. Right. So I said, if you can come with something like that for, for Chekhov, then I'd be very happy to, uh, to t- throw away my hammer and sickle and uh, go on with the rest of my life. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that's awesome, and when you can have that input on on your character, it's just it's just great. Um, the pilot for Renegades is on YouTube, so look up Star Trek Renegades, and the Kickstarter actually ends in a few days, and you guys are so close um, to to the goal. Um, so go to Kickstarter and put in Star Trek Renegades, and it's raising money for episodes two and three. Um, and we're actually going to show a little uh, trailer that th- that you uh, pitch for it. Walter, it has been such uh, a dream of my life um, to meet you, and you are as funny and as charming as, as I hoped you were. Um, I will be saying goodbye to Chekhov bittersweetly, but um, it's great that, 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 that your uh, legacy is, is here for eternity. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, and all these fine gentlemen. Some well. of them are fine. <laughs> 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 all right, Kurt, go ahead and play that uh, Go Support Renegades, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Jenith- Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls, Dancing with the Stars, and Cake Wars.
Fifty years ago, Gene Roddenberry was making the final preparations for his new Wagon Train to the Stars television series, Star Trek. Five series and twelve movies later, Star Trek is still going strong. Gene's inspiring view of the future is being kept alive by you, the fan, who believe in that vision and who want the Star Trek universe to continue expanding into the unknown. And we want Star Trek Renegades to be a part of that continuing future. It's exciting to see that so many of you have watched our pilot and even more encouraging to see how many of you have supported Renegades in so many ways. I'm equally excited about the next few Renegades episodes. I will be heavily involved in the production of episodes two and three, a two-parter, especially since it will be my final performances as Pavel Chekhov. These new episodes will be as adventurous as our pilot and will feature some new members of the creative team, not to mention new cast who you will surely recognize and certainly welcome. So please, continue your support of Renegades and help bring these new episodes to fruition. With your help, we can keep Gene's vision alive for another 50 years. And who knows, they may even get me to say, nuclear vessels one more time. Perfect. So go support that. Um, just as a, as a really fun side note, go watch the yeah. pilot. It's free on YouTube. Sean Young is in it. What? And Eddie Furlong. Wow. And it's just... <laughs> and which one of them wears Shatner's toupee? Hey. <laughs> it looks like Sean Young. Hey. Actually, Sean Young's supposed to be like calling into the toupee. show, though, soon. I love her. That's the best, kind of, the best kind of crazy, though. The good kind of crazy. Speaking of crazy pants, let's bring on Jonathan Bennett. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, you are so adorable uh, and on Cake Wars. Stop it. Um, how do they how, how did they approach you? Because you know you're an actor, um, right. Dancing with the Stars, and all that. And like, I don't think of you and think of cake. I don't mean that like weird. Well, it's because I work out so much. That's why you don't think of that because yes. I burn it off. Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, here's how it happened. It, uh, it it was such a weird thing. We did I did Dancing with the Stars, and I got to you know just kind of go on, go on and be myself and not have to play a character. And I really liked that. And I remember standing there on stage of Dancing with the Stars with all the cameras and the lights and the crowd, I'm like, saying to Tom Bergeron, I'm like, I really like this. This is way more fun than sitting on a set trapped in a limo. Well, your, your personality great. was huge. Yeah, the audiences was, loved and, you. And they liked my eyes. And so it was really fun to uh, to, to do that. And I was like, I want to do more of this. And so and so then we just, we had this thing for Food Network came up and they were like, hey, do you want to audition for that? And I did. And I went in and they were like, yep. You and I'm like, what? What's the show about? They're like cake. I was like, I've never baked before. They're like, great, come on. I was like, okay, sure. So I went on. I've never, I've never made a cake. And me, in my I'm, life. I'm a master baker. There you go. Um, hey, <laughs> so, um, so the whole setup is. Ah, thanks, oh, that's Kurt. Nice. That's, that's a little really payback. Nice. He knows he's been a little. <laughs> that's rare. nice. Um, I love the show, and usually I'm into like housewives and that kind of yeah. reality where people uh -huh. are scratching each uh -huh. other's eyes out. This is such a breath of fresh air, and it's intoxicating it's, because. The, the challenges are great, 
And then what comes out most times is great. And when it's not, it's even better because you're like, it, drop no, the cake. I know. It's <laughs> it's super crunchy. The show's really crunchy. And it's so intoxicating to watch and so mesmerizing because it's so bright and colorful, especially the Christmas, uh, Cake Wars Christmas. It's so um, just like full of life, all the shots they use and all the, the cakes that when they're coming together. I know that sounds crazy because you're like, it's cake. It's not. It's, no, but it's, it really it's is. It's a thing. And here's how I know because all my, my three roommates, like, we got home last night after dinner and we put on the show. We're like, oh, I think the show's on tonight. So we turn it on and they're all like, yeah, bro. And they're like talking. And then within two minutes, dead quiet. And they're just <laughs> sitting there watching the TV and they're not moving. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to let this play out. One commercial break, two commercial breaks, three commercial breaks. I'm like, finale. You got, they went all the way through yep. without even talking. And they were like, I can't stop watching this. I'm like, I know it's addictive, right? It is fun. It's super addictive. And, yeah. and you get to do little like, you know, personality stuff. In and the other judges we get do really cheap jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, cheap. but I mean, one you're like posing, yeah, and then last uh -huh. night you were dancing. Yeah, and uh -huh. not bad. It's what I do. It, uh -huh. Yeah, I could do more. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> that's great. And then the judges, when you're doing that, they're just like, because they just have to sit there and be not really funny. Hundred percent, they get so mad. And then they try to be really funny in their judgment, and then you're just like. Professional. Yeah, I always tell them like, leave the funny to me. Yeah. Okay, you sit there and eat the cake. Have you heard from Bergeron? I mean, has he called and said, you he did a great no, job, buddy, hasn't. I'm proud of you? No, but he should. He's Tom, jealous. if you're listening, which I'm he's sure you are, because you probably, I mean, he's, he, I mean, him and I was in Seacrest, they're the best of yeah. the best. They yeah, just yeah. doesn't get any better than that. Like, they're so good at what they do. And watching him, and I said to Tom, I go, I feel we're really comfortable on stage right now. He goes, are you uncomfortable at dinner parties, but really comfortable here? I'm like, yes. He goes, then you belong on stage. You should be standing here yeah. saying this. And I was like, I want to do his part. I want to read the teleprompter. That looks fun. So and now I, I do it. And th that guy is so rich because you think, oh, Tom Bergeron. But when you think about it, America's funniest AFV videos. for 9,000 yeah. years. And it they ran play, like, since, yeah. 16 mm -hmm. episodes Which a day. they shot in three days. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what's good about the gig. T tell me what a typical day of Cake Wars is because you have to wait for them to do all that, that that's, right? Okay, so we have this whole thing where I go in. We go in, we go in at 6 a.m. At 6.30, we roll sound and I say, I'm Jonathan Bennett. Welcome to Cake Wars. And we start then and then we do the mini challenge. And then after the mini challenge, we vote, judge it. And then by 11 a.m., we're into the main challenge. And that's when I go and take a nap for four hours. Well, I saw your Instagram. You yeah. went to In-N-Out Burger one time. Uh, Boom. Yes. Sold out. I know. I, well, but it's a four-hour show. Like I, we, I, I can't sit there and watch and watch because because yeah. especially out. in the beginning in the beginning they're not you know there's there's nothing it's just a bowl with batter in it you know until we get to like hour yeah. three or four <laughs> that's when it gets interesting have you ever been tempted like knock the tables <laughs> okay <laughs> no but I almost bumped one over once <laughs> because and this was like a seven foot tall Simpsons cake when they did the Simpsons oh I saw the I, episode I that's almost awesome bumped because they had this big uh, a bar coming out the side that Homer was flying on and all this yeah. stuff and I'm just like you know I'm like Dennis the Menace just like such a child all the time I was like rah, 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 like <laughs> on set like making jokes ah! and like not paying attention and I go like this with my arm and I feel the bar like the cake the, the bar from the cake I feel it brush my hand if it was two inches to the left I would have knocked the cake over now what would have happened would they have like let them have extra time I would probably would have you? well I would have looked for a new job and <laughs> probably been fired cake immediately cake wars the Tom Bergeron yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah coming to you tonight cake wars the Tom Bergeron on an all new America's Funniest Home Videos with Jonathan Bennett hey that's awesome that's why they put me on the show yes. because there's you can't screw it up it's just a screen you can't, there's nothing to touch yeah
Um, so I want to talk about your new film. Uh, uh, you know, because we know you, Pretty Boy, uh-huh. Mean Girls, You yeah. Wouldn't Be Hearts and Dancing yeah. with the Stars, Cheaper by the Dozen with Steve Martin, uh, mm-hmm. Cheaper by the Dozen uh, Two. two. If it's a, I, only, I would only do the sequels of those movies. If they can't afford Ashton Kutcher or Ryan Reynolds, they're like, get Bennett, he'll do it for cheap. I'm like, I'm in. Can I tell you, though? I mean, I hate children and rom-com yeah. and family. Like, I just hate anybody yeah. under 18. But uh, Cheaper by the Dozen 2 was actually better than the first one. Well, uh, it's because of me. Yeah, but it was charming and wah, <laughs> Thank wah, wah. Um, yeah. I think we saw it once and we were drunk. Um, anyway, I guess that's the way to see Cheaper by the Dozen, too. It's a way to see any of my movies, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now you kind of have, like, uh, like uh, we're going to show the trailer yeah. for Submerged. It's, it's being uh, premiered on IFC Midnight, yeah. November 27th. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that you're going to be serious because they, they let you have scruff. <laughs> I know. When you when I can do the scruff, that's yes, a big deal. It's like, okay, everybody, sit down. All right, Aaron, Aaron Samuels is not Aaron Samuels anymore. He's Aaron Samuels with a gun. This is like a whole new me. It's like man It's the her. new reveal. I know. Well, I was just really excited to shoot it because it was like, you know, I met with the director and he said, you know what? I want everyone knows you as, as you know, Lindsay's boyfriend and that's how you are and it's great. It, you know, everyone knows you for that for years. And I want them to see this movie and be like, whoa, he's not Aaron Samuels anymore. And I think we pulled it off, so I'm really excited about it. And the premise is, is you play a, a limo driver who needs yeah. to needs to protect uh, protect a girl the in the back. The young there's a girl in the back that's kind of like maybe a Donald Trump's like daughter, if you will, yeah. like a wealthy family. And bad guys are after her because they want to kidnap her, obviously. It's, you know, because they want the ransom and things like that. And uh, you know, we're driving back from a party with all of our friends, and the limo crashes into the ocean. And As they we, do. when we come to, we're in a bulletproof limo trapped at the bottom of the ocean for the entire movie. So good luck. It's like an you old. You gotta Alfred, get out. It, it, it's like an old Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And the water's slowly rising, slowly rising, slowly rising. And so, as you, I mean, our tagline is, you know, hold your breath because you can't. When you watch the movie, and you, it's funny with our test audiences, we saw when they would watch the movie when we would come back from being in the limo and go to a flashback where we're above water, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd hear, oh, thank God. <sighs> everyone actually holds the breath when you watch the movie. It's crazy. Now, crazy. Was that a pain in the ass to film? Like, who wants to film in water? It's like Titanic. It's it, it's ex- it was on annoying as hell. Not gonna lie. Like you're t- and it's weird because you're strapped in the limo and you're in the I'm uh, and you're uh, in like, the front. Part. I'm in the front part. I'm like with Tallulah Riley and she's uh, the girl next to me and I have a bar through my leg so I can't get up because the props people have like actually like locked my leg in so I don't move it. And so then they're like, okay, we're gonna fill the limo with water now. Hold your breath because we're gonna roll sound. So like literally, the water would come up, and I would get a breather, and a diver would come and knock on me. And like we'd have like three taps means we're about ready to roll, and then one tap means we're rolling. Pull it out, and then I know what my action is, and I do it. And then we'd cut, and then they'd come back and put the breather back in my mouth, and then you'd breathe for a second. He'd do it again. Do we had a whole system of like handshakes because I don't have I can't open my eyes because we don't shit. have goggles. It's a whole thing. I mean, I'm literally I'm not seat even belted into though. a limo. Yeah. No, I'd you're an Aquaman. Yeah, you are. Well, so- you learn how to act without saying anything that's great <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a 1920s yes film. yes um so your safety word is three taps then that's good to know that's my safety word yes listeners that's my, yeah that's yeah. exactly it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep awesome where can our listeners find you you have a fun instagram i have a fun instagram it's the, it's the most fun it's way big, bigger than katie perry's i have so many followers um but uh it's jonathan d bennett at instagram and my twitter is j underscore b-e-n-n-t-t Awesome. Well, I'm really excited for your film. Thanks, um, man. And I'll be watching Cake Wars, and Cake Wars is having a little spinoff uh, where it's just cookies, and I am the biggest cookie monster <laughs> in the world. And I host it. Yes, and I know. Yeah, well, there we go. Do you ever get to take any home? Yes, what I actually... Do with that extra cake? Oh, yes. I, well, I, the, one of the Cake Wars 
cakes. It was my one of my best friends, one of the trial cakes they made. It was one of my best friend Sam's birthday, and I brought him to his birthday one of the trial cakes that one of the the cake wars, one of the trial cakes of the winning cakes from Cake Wars, and that was awesome because I showed up. Everyone's like, or I guess I'm like, I brought the winning cake from Cake Wars. Ha! Beat yeah. that. Are you gonna invite yeah, me over that. for some cake? Yeah, sure. Okay, three taps and you get a piece it. of cake. Three taps, you get a piece of cake and a kiss. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Jonathan, hey. will you please come back? We barely yeah. got to scratch the I know. surface. It's okay. Well, we, legends, we have, talking. Le- legends talking. Legends talking. I'm just over here making fart jokes about cake, and he's like, "I changed television." Tony, where can our uh, listeners find you on Twitter? Oh yeah, Tony Tripoli on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. And watch Fashion Police when it comes back. But you're gonna be back. Oh, next week we have a really fun uh, Hunkalicious episode. Anyway, Can't Ben, wait. thank you. You've talked way too much. <laughs> yeah, settle down. Go back to New York. Uh, we'll be skyping you in monthly for your uh, New York hot minute right. where you actually do talk. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, thank you so much. We're gonna leave you with the uh, trailer submerged. for Submerged coming up Friday. Pick up Searles in an hour. Is car ready? You gonna do me like that? It's a limo. No, it's a limo on roids. Oh my god, this limo is so dope, dude. Uh, I want one. This is our night. Here's to a beautiful date. Cocktails! You sure you're okay? Or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday!